Welcome to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Until you wake up from the American dream, financial uncertainty will be your American reality. Join Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto and their guest as they explore how you can attain financial liberty by uncovering truths that have been kept secret for decades. Have you ever played a game and didn't know the rules? How can you ever win? Learn the rules to the game and in turn, learn how to win. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Financial Liberty Project with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto. Today, the podcast is entitled Uncle Sam's New Plan to Help You Retire. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good afternoon. I just like how you say my name. Ko Sukamoto. Sukamoto. Yeah, baby. That's good stuff, man. I, I love your last name. Energy. Seriously, I love your last name because, you know, it's not nearly as cool to say Johnson. But you know what? It's funny when I go to like banks and they go, what's your name again? I go, Ko Sukamoto. And then I go, it means Smith, Ko Smith. And they, always, right. they always believe me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. You know, I, so I, I also don't believe you because not because of the last name, but we've had conversations before and it seems like this title of the podcast is really, really difficult for me to swallow. Like Uncle Sam wants me to retire. Like he wants to help me. He I just don't see that a whole mm-hmm. lot. Really? You think so? Well, yeah. there, there's something in it for Uncle Sam. Oh, well. And we're talking well, about the clown with the red and white blue. We're not talking about Sam Legaspi. Because I've been called Uncle Sam because I do have nieces and nephews. But we're talking <laughs> oh, about gotcha. the dude wearing the, you know, the old man pointing at you, you know, saying he wants you. <laughs> and your wallet. <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, so this plan to help you retire. It's a new plan because several times he's tried to reinvent the plan and uh it's it's some you know, to a certain degree it worked and now it's outgrown its um its usefulness. So now they've created something and it and we're gonna talk about it tonight and or today or this morning and it's called the the Secure Act. And uh, you know, the one thing that that that's really important to really note about this plan is that I, I think Coase is that it's the really first time Congress has gone to you know come together. It's really bipartisan here. It's not one side's putting it together and the other side's saying, I don't know. They're actually in agreement with regards to this plan. That's because it benefits all of them as a whole, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. And 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 there are things that you gotta understand. There's a lot of good things to it, and there's a lot of bad things to it. But uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, in, in this time some of the good, some of the bads. And in due process over a period of time, over the course of the next few months, it's gonna reveal itself much more. And uh, as the clarity comes to fruition, we're going to be updating the audiences. We're going to be updating people about the uh, the information inside the uh, the the Secure Act, which it's called. But it is meant to go ahead and then you know and, and provide retirees and people looking to retire some benefits, more benefits. And we're going to go ahead and talk about it. And and Coz, you actually were talking about it earlier today, and you've been speaking about it. And one major component I'm talking about. Well, it's I'm, actually yeah. a big component. So you want to go ahead and just start talking about that one component? Not really, but I will. Okay. All right. So, um, but you know, just one point of clarity though. The uh, the act is not really uh, in place yet, right? It's, nope. it's still going through Congress. I think it's yep. been approved by the House. It needs to be approved by the Senate to move forward. So, um, but it, from everything that we've read, right, Sam, it looks like it's going to get passed. There is no so, reason for it not to, right? So, one of the big things out of it, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's a there's an IRA that you know you know how they're designed sam to um to state a beneficiary and oftentimes beneficiary beneficiary is a child and the parent passes away 
the child inherits the IRA and uh, the child can do a thing called the stretch, which extends the life of the, the IRA. And, um, and, and a lot of kids can try to use uh, that, that strategy to develop their own retirement or the, uh, the deceased parent before they, they decease can structure it so that um, the uh, beneficiary is actually uh, like a generation skipping arrangement where it goes to a grandchild, which, you know, the grandchild can stretch it out even farther. <clears throat> but in either case, that sort of strategy is being threatened right now with this uh, SECURE Act uh, change that is going through uh, uh, the Senate. And so um, what we've been having to tell people is, look, the change is, is about no longer uh, providing that that option to stretch the IRA out. And that instead, you would be required within 10 years to uh, empty out that, um, that account. So let's just say your child, your parent passes away, your parent has an IRA, lists you or states you as the beneficiary, you inherit that IRA. And with this act passing, then you would be required to eliminate or spend out, spend down that uh, IRA within 10 years. And, you know, we've had a lot of questions like, how can the government make me do that? Well, the government can make you do that because they're the government. It doesn't mean that you have to spend it in a manner that they tell you to. They just want you to spend it. So spending means that you could, you know, you can buy fruit with it. You can buy a vacation with it. You could buy things for, you know, for the family. Or you can just, you know, use, use the proceeds to, uh, to invest further into a different type of account. But the fact is, when whatever scenario you decide, you will have to pay taxes on that amount. And, that, and, that, and just remember, the government is in the business of, of getting revenue from its citizens through the form of taxation. So the government is obviously on a hunt for more revenue uh, ideas, and this is one of the things. So if you inherit an IRA um, if this, with this thing passing, you're going to be required to accelerate the uh, depletion of that account that you inherit from your, uh, your parents. So you can no longer, you can no longer um, assume that that retirement account will be part of your retirement. I mean, it just, it's not going to be there for that purpose. So we're telling people, Hey, if that's, if that's your strategy, then you need to, you know, really kind of take control of your own life and create your own uh, retirement strategy to be completely independent of anything that you get from your parents in the form of their retirement. Right. So the plan, there's got to be some planning going on and because the plans are a little bit different and it's not just inherit something and, and uh, sit on it and uh, utilize what, what you'd indicated because the stretch IRA, uh, they're, they're looking to go ahead and, and, and get rid of that. And, but here's the question I got for you though, is that why would they, why would they want you to take money out much, much sooner? Well, I think I try to answer that <clears throat> and it's because they want their taxes. They want their revenue. They right. don't, they don't want to wait. If they allow you to stretch the IRA out, then it's it's a slower it's a slower arrangement for them getting their their taxes. Right, it's but taxes. If they, if they force you to take it all out within ten years, then they're going to be able to accelerate their receipt of the taxes they, they that they that they know are due and owed to the government. Right, right. The and government I'm- is in you know I don't want to say they're in trouble. A lot of ways they are, but they they. They're looking for ways to increase their revenue. You know, they can't just raise taxes because the voters won't 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 uh, tolerate that. So, well, you know, that's debatable, right? There's a there's a big push to uh, create all kinds of social programs that would you know require higher taxes. So, 
people may vote for it, but in general, I think, you know, I think I'm not incorrect to say that most people would, would, would like to see taxes remain, uh, you know, in check. Right. But also, if you really think about it, too, is that I, I think that the government also wants to stimulate the economy. And they know that if you have the opportunity to sit on money and not necessarily take that money Very out, Very true. that uh, you can you can control your taxation as much as you can. Because if you're in a position where you're doing, let's say, relatively wealthy, you're doing relatively well, you're, you know, you are combined income has got about 120, 125,000, 150,000 a year. You don't necessarily need the extra ten or $15,000 a year that you would be receiving. Um, in that case, then then you can just stretch it out as long as you want. But what ends up happening is that that money money that you don't get, that they don't get taxed on, and that isn't revenue towards government, also is money that doesn't go back into the system in form of buying clothes and food. It doesn't get back into the system because un- the underlying theme is that the government wants us to go ahead and spend money to increase gross domestic product GDP. They want growth in the economy. And after we had that really anemic uh, last quarter of under 2%, you know, the government really des- wants us to go ahead and start stimulating the economy. And the only way to do that is to force us to take money out. Or spending. And, <clears throat> and that's it's not no measly amount. I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars, everybody. Over the next 10 years? But you know what? I have a feeling because is that just like anything else, there's potentially going to be a loophole that's going to be coming up um, uh, with regards to Did it. you say a loophole? Loophole. Loophole. Yeah. Loopholes are always in laws. And they, and they it's funny because then they figure out the loophole and then they go try to fix it. <laughs> it's just a game. You know, yeah. it's, it's a big cat monopoly game. Yeah, it's just cat, cat and mouse. And I think this really affects... You know, a lot of a lot of individuals will say, "Well, you know, big deal. I'm, I've got an uncle, I've got a wealthy uncle, or I got a rich aunt, or my mom and dad are going to leave me my money." But it comes into play. Some other things now come into play, and and the importance of the beneficiary now comes into play. And one of the things that you want to think about is if you are listening to this and you uh, have a couple of kids, as an example, as a beneficiary, and you're up there in age, and you know, you might want to start thinking about. And I, I've see, actually seen this is that they start looking at their children's tax brackets and they start figuring out, okay, well, you know, kid A makes a very good amount of money. And if I were to leave them half of the money that I currently have in my retirement plan, kid A is going to pay a lot of taxes on that. So his net net amount isn't going to be anywhere close to what kid B's um, net net amount after taxes because kid B doesn't make as much money as kid A does. Now, it's not his fault that kid A, you know, makes more money than kid B. But when everything's all said and done, uh, the equalization, the amount of money that they receive if you have two children may not be equal net net when it's all said and done. So let's just take, for example, kid A gets 100, kid B gets two, uh, gets 100 as well. Then when everything's all said and done as far as taxes are concerned because of the high income earning of kid A, kid A may end up of the 100, he may end up with just 30,000 of it versus kid B may end up with 70,000 of it because he doesn't make as much. So in the end, kid A may be saying, well, no, no, you know, yeah, we got the same gross amount, but our net amount pretty much, it sucks for me. So uh, we're starting to see some of the IRA owners, 401k owners, they're starting to look at beneficiaries and they're starting to look at, you know, their, their beneficiaries tax bracket to try to make things a little more even. So uh, that's part of the new planning and, and planning gets more sophisticated as the years go on. And this situations like this make planning more sophisticated. I mean, the fact is, I don't think the government intends to make this easy. You know, the rules are there and they don't make it easy. I mean, it's 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 really kind of I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too political here, but it, it's almost depressive sometimes that they can dictate things like that. But that's what they do, and um, you know, like I can see people saying, "Hey, you know, what right does the government have to to tell me how to, how fast to spend money? That's you know, it's mine." Bad uncle. 
Bad uncle. Bad uncle. But that's just the way it goes. The bad uncle. <laughs> bad uncle, Sam. So, all right. So moving along, moving along, we've got um, we've got another part of this cure act that, that we want to go ahead and definitely address. And there's just so many moving parts. But another one I think is pretty important happens to be the 401k feature. And the 401k feature that's been uh, released is that, um, first of all, let, let me just backtrack. Because, you know, 401k plan is not a plan. It's not a retirement plan. It's not a strategy. A 401k is an account. Okay. And, and so when you oftentimes hear, oh, I got a 401k plan. It's not a plan. It's a strategy. It's not a strategy. It's an account. And so, uh, you know, we want to go ahead and, 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 and put an end to those, to those misgivings that it is an actual plan because it's not just because you have 10 choices to choose from. It's not a plan to help you retire. I would, I would call it a structure. You know, it's got, it's got a tax structure to it. It's designed by, isn't it designed by the IRS? I mean, they have a lot. ERISA. ERISA, which is, okay, just another branch of the government. So, you know, you got the 401k plan. And, um, you know, one of the things that the, the SECURE Act is proposing is that with, with regards to the 401k, it never happened before, never happened before, but they're actually looking to allow annuities inside 401k plans. And the, the, the reasoning for this is several reasons, okay, but I think one of the main reasons has a lot to do with a self-pension. They do realize that pensions are gone. I mean, the majority of people out there don't necessarily go to work and know that at the age of 60, 62, they're going to be taken care of by their company any longer in the form of a pension. So what they're doing is they're, they're making it look like the amount of money that you saved up all these years, let's call it 500000 in your 401k plan, they're going to say, hey, Coes, that half a million that you did a great job on saving, you can get a monthly pension from that. And that monthly pension is going to come to you, obviously, every month, but this is how it's going to work. We're going to have to put that entire half a million into an annuity. And that annuity will provide you a monthly payment that simulates something that we had many, many years ago called a pension. Isn't that cool? And everybody will say, yeah. Yeah. And they'll buy into it. They'll buy into it. And, you know, there's a lot of good and bad to it. You know, I, I think some of the good is the fact that, you know, for one thing, you're going to be on a fixed income. And, and when you tell someone that they're going to be making $1,500 a month or $2,000 a month for the rest of their life, they make those changes. They make those changes. But if you give individuals a leeway and they can make four or five, then they'll try to get six or seven. But if an outside source, a third party, their old company says, you can only take $1,500 a month for the rest of your life, they typically accommodate to that fifteen hundred, and they'll maybe get another job, or their expenses go down. But they typically form to that fifteen hundred dollars that they're going to be receiving plus Social Security, and their life functions around that fixed income. So that's one of the good parts, and one of the benefits of having a pension is that you do get this fixed income, and you know month in month month out how much you're going to get. It's a it's a it's a calibrated fixed amount of money. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they also. Provided a feature that uh, you know can adjust for inflation, so you know as as cost of living goes up, they may add a fee. They may provide a feature where you know you're you're having a sh- a chance to keep up with inflation as well. Because it, you know, if you're going to live 30, 40 more years and you're stuck with a fifteen hundred dollars a month thing, it's that's fine and dandy for about five to seven years. But after that, purchase power is going to diminish. And so you know, you fast forward another twenty years, you're not able to come close to at all come close to affording what you used to in the first few right right and and that's that brings the bad part to the equation is that the the negative side to it as far as i can i'm concerned is that 
it, now it allows them to get into an annuity. And of course, you and I know there's several types of annuities, variable, there's fixed index annuities, and fixed index annuities is great. And uh, if you had to choose between the two annuities, I mean, that's probably something better than the variable one. And and because of the excessive fees, and we'll talk about that later, but the one thing that that we look at is, number one, you know, if it is a variable annuity, there are excessive fees. You know, and that's just a that that's just you know right commonality. And, and and not so uh, with uh, with the other type fixed uh, fixed or fixed index annuities. Right, right. So don't have those kinds of fees. Correct. So. Correct. So you know, there there's that annuity portion that um, that doesn't necessarily you know give me them you know the, the the fuzzies. You know, I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy when it comes to knowing that they can invest your money into an annuity. But you know, in in, in further investigation, I found out that that one of the reasons why a lot of companies would probably embrace this is that the SECURE Act, it, it would actually provide a quote-unquote safe harbor to the company from being sued if an annuity provider goes out of business. That's an interesting aspect. Let me repeat that. They, it, it, by putting an annuity, allowing an annuity inside a 401k, going through the SECURE Act, it would provide a safe harbor to the company offering it in the event, in the event from being sued in the event that an annuity provider goes out of business. That's a big deal for uh, an employer. Yeah, it's probably one of the reasons why it's probably going to be more likely that it'll be embraced. You know, so that's mm-hmm. something, again, you know, like we indicated in the, in the beginning of the show, it may or may not happen. Um, it's still it's still going through, but it's one of the main things that, that are being discussed. So the 401k potentially is going to be changing I like the pension part of it. I really do. I mean, if they came across and they they provided some other parts, you know, then that would be great. But I just, you know, I'm not sold. So I'm I, not sold I on think, the annuity part. I think why the why of the why government is doing this, you know, we'd like to think that they're doing because they care about us, <laughs> right? They but care. but I think they're. I, I, you said it earlier before the show or before the podcast that. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the government's afraid that if they don't do things like this, then there could be, you know, mass chaos and mass unrest because you got a bunch of people that have, you know, no way to retire and, uh, you know, and they're all out options. They're backs against the wall. I mean, you don't want a population of unhappy people. So you got to, you got to try to provide them a way because the pensions are gone. I mean, there's, there's almost no company left that provides pensions anymore. Yeah. Very few. Um, yeah. I don't even know if, if we could say there is one at all. I mean, they have companies that have legacy pensions from right. people that have worked there for a long time. They can't get rid of that. But for new new hires, no, I don't. I, I just really can't think of any companies that are really providing that. Yeah, because and so it potentially is a more li- you know, liability from that standpoint of reporting with the SEC and things of that nature. But at the same time, it's it's really kind of like a dinosaur of the past, right? And, and so, so the, the, the the responsibility fell on the <clears throat> shoulders of of the employee. Well, you know. Due to a lack of uh, awareness and education, you know, many of these people just haven't done anything to take it to to proactively replace the lost pension with their own, you know, efforts to uh, contribute contribute to retirement plans like the four hundred one ks or IRAs. Right, they've basically just kept working and stopped. You know, they they have no solution. But you know what I like about this though, you know, about going back to the pension of the four hundred one k. So let's just say you're sixty years old and you got five hundred thousand in your four hundred one k plan. Many, many years ago, by the way, you know, you can go into your plan and on the upper right hand corner of your statement, it showed a number and that number, let's call it $1,800. And that $1,800 was the monthly amount that you would get and generate on that money you had in your, in your savings plan at work. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And that was uh, kind of good to good to know is that that you know it was kind of a planning tool. You knew that wow, I can't live off eighteen hundred dollars a month, or I can live off eighteen. That means I can retire. So this annuity thing, um, it's I'm suspecting that it's going to bring that back. It'll say that you know if this in fact goes through. It'll say, well, you know, based on the amount of money that you have right now, you can expect this monthly payment. And that it helps tremendously with the planning because I think that's one of the key things that's just been missing for the past 20 years that really was very helpful. Right. So, and so, you know, say George, the, the guy that's working, comes home from work and George the worker, George the worker, the, the American employee comes home from work and he sees, uh, you know, opens up his mail. There's a 401k statement, and there's his balance. Let's just say half, you know, five hundred thousand dollars. That's a nice big number, but he doesn't necessarily understand what it really means, right? Because he probably doesn't understand the rule of two hundred thousand, which is, by the way, for every two hundred thousand you have in retirement, it can afford you living expenses of a thousand a month. That's just a, a guideline. So he doesn't know to look at his five hundred thousand dollars as you know, that he would have, you know, uh, what is it? $1,000, $2,500 a month in income that he can, you know, reasonably expect to uh, to get off his $500,000 for the rest of his life. Unless he went to one of our workshops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. right. But that, but interesting because the point that you're trying to make is that that was in the plans used, before. Yeah, so the plans used to show what that number was. They, it, the plans used, would, would use the, the rule of 200000 to print a number saying, hey, this... $500,000 or whatever the amount is for the person looking at his or her retirement statement would be able to understand uh, what kind of lifestyle that balance would be able to afford them for the rest of their life, not having to work. Right. Right. And that was really important because it's a guideline. Anytime we have more guidelines, every anytime we have a uh, an idea, like if, we're, if we have a map and we have an idea we're going in the right direction, then we'll get to our destination. But if we have no clue where we are on the map, yeah, hopefully we get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's really kind of what it's about, right? So uh, moving along, you know, when, when it comes to this Cure Act, there are just so many things, Coz, but I think here's another one, you know, and, and we're going to stay on the 401k topic. This is actually pretty cool. This is really cool. You know, we've spoken to so many small businesses. And, you know, one of the big hindrances when it comes to small businesses is that they're too small to engage in a 401k plan for their employees. And uh, what I mean by too small, they maybe have like two, three, four, five people, maybe less than 10 individuals. It could be less than 20. And a lot of times when they, when they engage into a provider of a 401k, it's, it's too expensive because they're so small. And it, it's not in bulk. You know, we all know that when you buy in bulk, you go to Costco, you buy in bulk, you get a better deal, right? We all know that. If you've got a thousand people as employees or your company, you get a better deal, less expenses, better service, everything. We all know that. But, you know, a lot of the individuals that they, they have a 10-person operation, not only do they not necessarily get a better deal, but also they don't necessarily get paid attention to because there's only 10 people working over there. So uh, the, the, the Secure Act is actually allowing for the first time, which is really interesting, kind of cool, and I like this, is that small businesses could actually band together, that, that businesses that have nothing to do with one another. I mean, you could be an ice cream parlor and this dude could be a mechanic and this other guy can run a, a cafeteria, whatever it might be. And you guys can band together. And I don't get, again, I don't necessarily know, understand how the format's going to work, but you can band together as a small business and put together a 401k plan for all your employees. So you get the economy of scale of large companies yeah. doing the same thing. And I'm surprised they haven't done this before. I mean, it just makes more sense. And well, they, they finally... Right, because they, they do it with health, health insurance yeah, plans. But I think they finally realize 
this is smart because it allows us to tax more. <laughs> there's, hey, there's always these, a catch. There's eight percent of small eight percent of small businesses out there. I mean, there's 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 eight percent businesses out there. There's small businesses of less than like ten people. If you can get eight percent of these businesses, or not eight percent, but if you can get these businesses together and they form a four hundred one k plan, it just helps with the amount of savings. It helps individuals and ultimately helps the gross domestic product, which you know allows for more spending. Not allows for more spending, but allows for the economy to continue to keep rolling because the numbers are getting better. And uh, but that holds to another you know slew of problems like higher interest rates. But anyways. It is something that I think is actually a good, it's a, it's a thought out process. Like, oh, okay, these guys really did think about this. They didn't just put something together on a piece of paper and say, hey, let's just go ahead and try to figure out how to make more money out of these guys. Well, and, and it's, not, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the government to benefit from it because they do need to exist. They, they do need revenue. They need to pay for things. But if it's, if it's helpful for the average person, you know, it's a good deal for everybody. So. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So I, I think that's something that as this comes to more, you know, the light comes out a little bit more about this plan, uh, about the fact that you can band together as as uh, as, as small businesses and, and, and unite to try to get lower costs and provide better services to your employees. I think that's just going to be much, much better. But what does that tell you, Coase? You said it earlier, but what does that tell you? It should freak the living daylights out of people right now because it basically tells you the government's doing everything they can to help you figure out how you can help yourself because they ain't going to be allowed to help for you, man. Yeah. I mean, they took away, they, they, they've taken away the pension. Well, actually, I would say corporation, corporations have removed the, 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 the pension. And so you are on your own. Yeah. And we, everyone knows that most people haven't taken the initiative to do the right things and put money enough, enough money away for their future. And we talked about this in a previous podcast. 2034 is going to come up and something with regards to Social Security is going to change things and how we do things. And, and Social Security could very well change. And 2034 is not that far away. It's only 14, 15 years away. And so people's livelihoods, if they're concentrating and focusing on Social Security, is going to change significantly. If In fact, let's just put it this way. It ain't going to get any better. We're not going to get paid more money. You know, in 2034, if we're going to be, if we're making $3,000 a month, Social Security ain't going to be no 6000 It's going lower. Going lower. Yeah. You know. So anyways, we're going to move along here. Moving along. Moving along. And I think those, those, so far, so far, with the exception of the actual annuity being inside the 401k, I mean, like the annuity idea, the pension, uh, yeah, so far it's not bad. I mean, some good stuff here, you know. And the other one that's actually kind of cool, but it's going to cause a taxation and creation nightmare, uh, happens to, do, to deal with required minimum distributions, RMDs. And as you know, Coase, 70 and a half is the number, right? That's the magic number that uh, you have in store. And again, this number was put, together many, many, many years ago because people, you know, their, their average, you know, deaths were, you know, in their mid sixties. So they were just wanting to make sure that if you pass 70 and a half, that you were going to start tapping into your money so they can go ahead and get their money by chance you live past what they thought you'd live, live to. So, um, but because there's so many people, the baby boomers are living well past modern medicine is allowing individuals to live, you know, much longer. Um, there is a proposal inside the secure act that the age of 70 and a half be pushed out to 72. That the age of 70 and a half is being pushed out to 72. Uh, um, and they're getting rid of the half. I don't know where the half came in. I mean, why is there a halfer in there, dude? You know? That I don't know. But you know, you know that's, a good, that's a good trivia question. Which, yeah, why is there the a halfer in 70 and a half? Where, is, where does halfer come from? So you have some politicians out there that are actually looking to try to push it to 75. 
you know, from 70 and a half to 75, and they're, they're, it's still up for debate. Um, that's good news. And that's also interesting news. It's not bad news. It's good news because you don't necessarily have to take that money out at 70 and a half. But what happens in about five years? Well, because your money should expand, meaning that all you're doing is postponing the inevitable. Mm -hmm. They're still going to get you. And this time you're going to have more money to give them. <laughs> well, you know what? They, they will probably increase the percentage that you begin with. So right now, was it about 3.6, 3.7? Yeah, something like year? that. Uh, percent is what you have to take out and it goes up every year. So if they delay it to, let's say, age 75 instead of 70 and a half, then maybe they start you off like around four, you know, four, four and a half percent. Who knows? I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I don't necessarily um, uh, can read the minds of the politicians or the economists, but there is a, there is a, uh, there's an answer in there. Yeah, it is. And, and I think one of the key things is, you know, what this leads to, I guess the question is, because, uh, you know, I want to ask you is that should this, should this lead people to start planning earlier because you're pushing the age to 72 or possibly 75? Should it, should the planning be earlier now? Should always be earlier. Exactly. Always. And, and I think it's more inevitable now or more imperative because you've got, you know, there's so many parts to the planning process. There's, you know, there's a sequence of distribution there, there, there's so many, you know, being able to, you know, so many times because we see people take out their, their after-tax money first before their before-tax mm -hmm. money. Right, right. And it leads to this massive amoeba called a IRA that they're, they're, really, they're really happy because they, they, they stared at it. They saw the statements come through every single month. They saw this thing balloon up to a big amount. But all of a sudden, you know, again, that dude in the red, white, and blue outfit with a funny hat says, I want you because he wants that, you're 70 and a half, he wants that money and he's going to get it. So the sequence of distribution now comes into play significantly more. And I think that's going to be a major uh, discussion. I think you're going to hear those words going forward, the sequence of distribution. And all that really is, is this, is taking out the money yeah. in a certain way based on your tax bracket. Right. But you know what? Here's the interesting thing. Okay. There's, there's one way to really simplify life really is it's very simple and it's it's a four-letter word <laughs> oh doesn't start with the letter that you might be thinking of but it's the letter r and it's called roth you know um we we talk about taxation we talk about the complications of the irs code we talk about the complications of the government you know um i mean how many times have we said the word tax or taxation just in this podcast I mean, i'm gonna guess it's probably about 50 times do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, if you start early, like Sam said, you know, starting your planning early, and that planning includes a tax strategy where you don't have to worry about paying taxes when you're an old woman or old man. You're just free because of early and good tax planning that you structure your retirement so that there is no taxation. Do you realize how free your life would be? You don't have to worry about all, you know, the 70,000 pages of IRS code. You don't need to worry about the 70 and a half rule or whether that's going to change to the age 75. There's so many things that go away as worries and your life becomes so much more simpler. And, when it, when, and, and if you do that right and that money goes to your heirs, they also don't need to worry about it. That's a big one. So, yeah. You know, and there's also other tidbits too. And, and the Roth, when it comes to the Roth, whether it's a 401k or Roth IRA, 
there's no age limit when it comes to contributions. If you're still working, you can still contribute to a Roth 401k. If you're, if you have, if you're 75 years old, you can still contribute to a Roth IRA. It's the regular IRA, the traditional one that has an age limit, which, which by the way, goes in the Secure Act, they're looking to repeal that. So when it comes to traditional money, uh, traditional qualified money, retirement money, uh, they're, they're looking to get rid of the 70 age rule of contributions. And and so an individual who's working somewhere at the age of 80, 81 can still contribute to their their retirement accounts. And uh, because that's that's something that, that you know, has, has been, I, I think that should have been taken away many, many, many years ago. I mean, people have been living longer for who knows how long, right? But here's here's one thing I, I wanted to say. I, I, you love your CPA. I love my CPA. We love tax guys. But, you know, it's interesting in speaking to a lot of people uh, oftentimes we're talking to individuals about this. And the very first thing that a lot of people say, well, I'm going to talk to my CPA about this. And that's great. Love your CPA. But you got to remember something is that your CPA looks in the mirror. And what I mean by that, it's backwards. They look over the past 12 months, 12 right? 12 months. Yes. They have a, they have a, a narrow um, scope, time scope. Right. 12 months. They're trying, to, they're trying to figure out how to save you taxes within that 12-month window. Right. And, and, and rarely, we need them. We need them. Yeah, we need them. And they're helpful. But they all, for the most part, most of them will not look over the lifetime, the future, you know, the remaining, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of a person's life and trying to figure out the best optimal tax strategy for that long period of time. And so um, the, the, the CPA that looks at it from a 12-month window is more of a, I would say, a historian blended with a, a strategist um, just for that 12-month period. So, yeah, I mean, and again, we bring this up because the Secure Act is something that, you know, has a lot to do with taxation and people automatically in their frame of mind is I got to talk to my CPA about it. And albeit the, the CPA probably knows a lot about this stuff. I think the planning needs to be put together with regards to an individual that just really just works on retirement and as opposed to looking in the mirror in the 12th over the past 12 months. I would so agree. It's it's important, folks, that, that you know, this, this, this entire this entire economy has changed. This working economy has changed. And in many cases for the better, they're, they're pushing out agents they're repealing these things or adding these options. And it's very clear. They're trying to really help us figure these things out when it comes to our own retirement. And the reason, you know, their reason behind it is because they see the light at the end of the tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel potentially is this big old Lionel train coming their way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, there's so much, and it's going to be pretty exciting going forward to find what what is really in store with all this. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's another thing, too, is that they're, they're also changing the 529. So the 529, or they're adding, and they're not changing it, they're just adding, they're implementing it, allowing individuals to utilize the benefits or the money from the 529 to pay off uh, student loans, which before is only utilized to go ahead and, and, and uh, be used for school, for supplies, things of that nature. But now you can actually take the money and pay down student loans. And also any types of apprenticeship, you know, if there's an apprenticeship and uh, it's involving some types of costs. So they're looking to expand that. And I think that's a trend that's going to continue. I think they're going to utilize the 529 plan and they're going to expand it and expand it and expand it into significant more options because I think that's also an underutilized tool. That'd be great if they can expand that to uh, <clears throat> prepare, preparing for college sports. Yeah, college <laughs> sports. You know how many parents, I mean, how... I don't know what the numbers would be, but the, it's got to be astounding how much parents spend preparing their kids for college scholarships and college, you know, sports programs. It's it's got to be well. There's loopholes. If your kid was part of an academy that 
let's say a golf academy. They played golf all day long and they went to school all day long. That's cool. Anyways, right. ladies and that gentlemen. That be another show. That's another show. And uh, we don't want people wearing black suits hanging out outside waiting for us to come on out. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Sam and Co's, and we just uh, enjoy participating, providing you information. And thank you for tuning in on this one show and with called Uncle Sam's plan to help you retire. And I really do think, Cozen, I really do think he's going to help you retire. Uh, there is a catch to it. You just got to understand these rules just like anything else. You can't win the game of Monopoly if you don't know what rules you need to abide by. So that's what we do. Right. And, uh, if, you know, if you need to talk to us, ask some questions, you're more than welcome to contact us at 1-800-640-8105. Fantastic, guys. A lot of good information in today's podcast. I appreciate it. And I look forward to the next one. We do too. Fantastic. All right. Thank you all for listening to the Financial Liberty Project podcast with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukumoto. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Sam and Ko's come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the Financial Liberty Project, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. It's that time again where the call of the open road makes its way. We hope good fortune finds you on your own personal road. And until next time, we thank you for listening to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.